There is a movement of the Holy Spirit in our land. There was a call to prayer yesterday in the capital. Um, I was able to join some folks locally and didn't know, have a clue what that was all about. But I showed up anyway and was blessed. And when you look at this brochure this week and your time to pray and seek the Lord, you remember last Sunday's video about that community in eastern Kentucky and Whitley County? Uh, I put the doorknob on one of those places, actually. How many of you have been to the backside of the racetrack? Anybody toured the backside of the racetrack where these um, jockeys and people work and live and horse trainers and all these people? It is not where the money is. These are migrants. These people need the Lord. Many of them are Hispanic, uh, Catholic. We get to share the gospel with those folks. We minister to them. Uh, it's an amazing work that they do. Uh, up in eastern Kentucky, you'll read about feeding the hungry there and the um, ministries that are t t taking place there. Uh, Non-traditional family ministry. Uh, families are hurting. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But folks, this is for real. And Linda and I gave our offering this morning. We increased it from last year. Uh, this money stays on the mission field in Kentucky, taking care of the, of the least of these in our state. I invite you now, along with millions who are watching by TV, to take your Bible. Billy Graham used to say that, you know, millions are tuning in and watching. I have no fantasies. But Philippians chapter 1 is our verse of Scripture for today. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7. This is my favorite kind of preaching the Bible. I'm not much on topical preaching. I like to take a section of the Bible and preach that text right there. Some call that expository preaching, some textual uh, preaching, but I love to just preach the Bible as God has laid it upon my heart to share with you. Last Sunday, I spoke about the grace of God. And today I felt led to continue that theme. And I found a scripture here in Philippians chapter 1 that talks about the grace of God to us in a very special way. How the grace of God gives us community, creates community, and how the grace of God gives us a commission. So we are a community by the grace of God, and we are commissioned by the grace of God. We've benefited from God's grace to be saved. But that's not the end of it. We are sent out by the grace of God to accomplish the work of God. Philippians chapter 1. Are you ready to read with me? I believe it's going to be on the screen. We'll read verses 1 through 7. Let us pray first. Our Father and our God, it is so important that your Holy Spirit be in charge of every second going forward. Lord, you have blessed us in scripture reading, in music. Lord, your spirit is stirring right here, right now, in this worship center. 
Lord, you've been at work in the Sunday School Bible Hour. God, you're at work now. And I pray that today will be the day of salvation for at least one person, ten or more. God, we know that you desire that all people be saved. And it is by your grace, not our effort, not our earning, but by your grace, we can only say yes to you and receive you as our Savior and our Lord. God, bless the reading of your word and the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ to all the saints, in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi, hence the name of the book, the letter, really the letter to the Philippians, including the bishops and deacons, or overseers and deacons, or pastor leaders and those, the diaconate, or the deacons of the church. It's interesting, he addresses the saints first, all of the church. Not, there is no hierarchy in the church of clergy and, and uh, members of the church. We are all saints of God in Jesus Christ. We are all equal at the cross of Christ. God speaks through you. As Angelina sang this morning, God spoke to me through her singing today. When Abby sings, I hear God speaks. When Veronica back there sings, I hear God speak. God uses all of us, you see. But pay attention particularly to the leadership of the church. They're the pastors, the the presbyteroi, that's where we the word um, presbyteroi, and then the word diaconate for deacon. Verse 2, what does it say? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace when we have the grace of God in our life. Verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. Paul was from southern Judea, not northern Judea, because he said y'all all the time. He's happy because in verse 5, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now, we are brothers and sisters in Christ because we are together in the gospel of Jesus, serving the Lord. Verse 6, he says, I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, <clears throat> a good work in your church, will perfect it. That means bring it to the end, bring it to completion, <clears throat> until the day of Jesus Christ. That's talking about the coming of Jesus. So we have a job to do until Jesus comes back. And somewhere around the end of October, 1st of November, I'm going to preach about God's greatest secret. You know what God's greatest secret is? You'll have to wait till November to find out. In verse 7, For it is only right for me to feel this way about you, for I have you in my heart. That's part of our communion and the fellowship that we have together. Since both in my imprisonment, now I've been serving the Lord as a pastor for 41 years, preaching for longer than that since 1972, but I've not been in jail yet. Not yet. And I've not suffered that much for the gospel. But these people that Paul is writing to, and Paul himself is a prisoner in Rome writing to the church at Philippi. And Timothy is assisting him. And he may get to send Timothy, and he may not. 
in defense and the confirmation of the gospel, for you all are partakers of grace with me. There's only two points to this three-hour sermon, so here we go. The first thing I want you to take home today is that by God's grace, we are a holy communion or community, if you will. We who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ are called the family of God. We are called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are in a faith community. We are a faith communion. And uh, we have that fellowship with each other. Now there's some very important words I want you to think about as we read through here this morning. One is the first one I mentioned, hagioi, meaning the saints. That's that little Greek word for the saints. If you're a believer, turn to your neighbor and point to him and say, I'm a saint, are you? Come on, get with me here. I'm a saint, are you? You say, well, I don't feel like a saint today, but you are. You're not a saint because of your goodness. You're a saint because the Holy One of God, Jesus Christ, lives in your heart, came into your life when you trusted Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord. Do you get that? All right, amen. Say amen or oh no. Oh my, you know, that kind of thing. And then he, he preaches to the, I said presbyteral, it's really Episcopos. Where we get the word Episcopalian, by the way? The church leaders, the overseers, or the bishops, and the deacons. These are the leaders of the church who both superintend, that's the kind of leaders we, we're called to be, we give care to the flock, we superintend, but we do it through service. Deacons are leaders through service. We superintend through service. We don't superintend each other as leaders in the church to beat and bang on top of each other. We serve each other, and that's how we lead, and that's how Jesus led. Kind of like the way Jesus led. He was always kind of in the back of the boat. You ever have one of these fishing boats where the motor was in the back and the fishing buddy was in the front? Guess who was guiding the boat? The fishing buddy in the front or the guy that had the motor back here? Which one? Come on, church, talk to me. The guy in the back, the guy that had the motorboat, uh, motor back here in the back. That's how Jesus led. He led by serving. He led by serving. And then in verse 6, also in verse 10, he says, Until the day of Christ. Jesus is coming again. And by the grace of God, we are prepared for his coming. But we may not be ready. And that's why we need to talk today about our communion, our community of fellowship together that has been created by the very grace of God. Now, what do these words mean? Hagioi, episkopos, deacon, and until the day of Jesus Christ. Here's what they mean, and listen to this carefully. This is a very important message. God has chosen to give you grace. For God so loved the world that He gave. God is the one that initiated your salvation when He gave Himself. Even before the foundation of the world, God intended that you be saved. In the Gospel of John, in chapter 1, uh, verse 14, uh, John writes, And the Word, that is Jesus, became flesh. God in Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten, full of the Father. 
And what's the next few words there in John chapter 1? What was Jesus full of? Grace and truth. You see that? Grace and truth. So the Son of God who has come to us has given us His grace and now lives in us because we believe in Him as our Savior and our Lord. Now watch this. As Jesus lives in us, He lives in us by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus lives in every believer in the person of the Holy Spirit. When I speak with you and you speak with me, watch this carefully, as I speak with you and you speak with me, we are speaking Christ to each other. That's why we need to treat each other with such high love and regard. Christ in me is greeting Christ in you. Christ in you is greeting Christ in me. Our relationships is not just a church relationship. It is a holy relationship. We are saints of God made saints by the presence and power of God in our life in Jesus Christ. And when we are together in fellowship with each other, listen to this. This is sacred space. Where God is, it's sacred ground. God is in you, believer. And that ground that you walk on, that is sacred. You're, you are a sacred soul because you are a holy one, a saint in the Lord Jesus Christ and by the grace of God. And how we treat each other, how we love each other, how we forgive each other says everything about what we understand or how we understand this sacredness in Christian relationships. One of the church fathers said in the early centuries of the church, we are ever on holy ground. Because you see, not only do we have a, a, a is, is Christ the focus of our communion, we're focusing on Jesus in each other, but he is also the fellowship. And evidence that Jesus resides in us is the fellowship that takes place among the saints and the people of God. Paul said in verse 7, I have you in my heart. That's the kind of fellowship Paul had with Philippi, even though he was in Rome and they were in Asia Minor, thousands of miles away. He said, you're in my heart all the time. I pray that these that we're praying for this week that are on the mission field in Kentucky will have them on our heart, you see, all this week. And fellowship with each other is evidence of our, of our communion. Jesus said, by this all the world will know that you are my disciples because you have love one for another. Even in the book of Acts, the Bible says that uh, these Christians continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Fellowship is not just eating fried chicken together. Fellowship is everybody in the same boat, rowing in the same direction at the same time. That's fellowship. That's fellowship. And Paul longed to be with the church at Philippi, even though he was a long way away in the city of Rome. So, how is our fellowship going in the church? How's our fellowship going in your family? Boy, the COVID crisis has really 
attacked our fellowship, hasn't it? It has stressed the fellowship of the church. It has stressed our relationships in the home. Can I tell them this little story, Mama? That, that gets you permission? Okay. <clears throat> now, y'all at home a lot more than you have been before, haven't you? And I just got to confess up here that this week I said something to Mama that I shouldn't have said. And I had to apologize. Now, man, let me ask you, where is the worst place in your house to say the wrong thing? Kitchen. Anybody else agree? Where is the worst place to say the wrong thing in your house? It is the kitchen. And that's where it happened. Our house is very small, a little over about 1,200 square feet. And um, I had to apologize. Because Jesus in her and Jesus in me need that fellowship and that communion and that grace. And I'm willing to say, honey, I'm sorry. And she's willing to say, honey, I'm sorry. So that our fellowship can be restored. You see, our fellowship in our home, our fellowship in our, with our friends, our fellowship in the church family, is a sacred fellowship. It is the bride of Christ. We do not have the right to divorce each other. I do not have the right to leave the church. I do not have the right to divorce the church and to go home and say, I'll never be back. I don't have that right. The fellowship of the church is sacred. And I must do everything in my power to respect the sacredness of the saints because it is the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God that is living in every heart. And I want to do all I can, all in my power anyway, to keep that fellowship sweet in my home, where I work, the people I serve with, the people I'm around. About a year ago, I, September, I became your pastor in the interim. I'll never forget the first Sunday. I don't know who you were, but you came up and you stood right over here and you read a note to the church family. My first Sunday here. And someone said, Thank you, Ekron Baptist Church, for praying for me. And I'll never forget it. And then he said, if anybody thinks, it, no, is there anybody out there that thinks Ekron is not a loving church? And kind of a negative way, said positively, thank you for your love and thank you for your prayers. Had no idea who it was. Maybe somebody sitting here, may not be someone sitting here. Maybe somebody among the millions that are watching on TV. Let's go on to talk about our commission. By God's grace, we have a communion. We are a community. But by God's grace, we have a commission. It's not enough to just huddle up like the football team does. You've got to go out there and run the plays, right? You've got to go run the plays. Look in verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father 
and the Lord Jesus Christ. Look in verse 7. For it is only right for me to feel this way about you because I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are all partakers with me. What he's saying here is, number one, to offer people the same grace that we have received from Christ is our commission. That's our job. Jesus said it this way, Go ye into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That assignment has never changed. It has never changed. And our commission, it is a holy commission because we are called by a holy God. And Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me. So when we share the gospel with people, we do it under the authority of Jesus Christ. There's a time, an episode in the Bible, when Jesus was calling Matthew the tax collector. And the tax collectors were the most hated people in, in, the, uh, in, in, in the Holy Land. And Jesus went by and saw this tax collector sitting at his booth, and he said, Matthew, come follow me. And when they got to the house, Matthew was there, and his friends who were tax collectors were there, and then these Pharisees came by. Remember the Pharisees? And they began to make fun of Matthew because he had invited Jesus into his house. And if Jesus was really holy, he wouldn't be hanging out with sinners. And they began to ridicule Matthew about that. And you know, Matthew never responded. I don't know how you'd feel if somebody makes fun of your faith, but Jesus talked back to them. Jesus talked to the Pharisees. And Jesus spoke up in Matthew's defense, and he said, Those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. The Pharisees were sick in their sin, but did not know it. And there's a lot of religions in this world, and there's a lot of religious choices in this world, but I'm telling you, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Some have realized it, and some have not. And our job is to go out into the world with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ and, and share the world the bad news as well as the good news. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. Jesus is saying that uh, He has come where no one is blameless. We are all in our sin. Some are willing to admit it to Jesus, the great physician who can heal our soul, and some are not. Somebody said, if you cannot be honest with your doctor, you cannot be healed. And until you're honest about your sin, you cannot be healed. It's amazing, as I read through the brochure that we have for this week, how so many people are hurting in our state. People are hurting in Meade County. You're hurting, some of you here today, very much. Everybody's hurting because of sin. And we are a sin-sick nation. We are hurting from the addictions of drugs, addictions of alcohol, addictions of gambling, addictions of to the internet, addiction to porn, addiction to all kinds of crazy things. Now, I want to ask you to do something real quick. Look up at me. I want you to look at your watch, and I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to hold it for two minutes. Ready? 
two minutes. Can you do it? You can't hold your breath for two minutes. You've got to breathe within that two minutes. And sometimes we tell people who are addicted, just stop. The addicted brain is like that. That's what it's like to be addicted to something, anything, to say, just stop. You can't do it. It's like trying to breathe underwater. But the good news of the gospel is, while we are under that water, Jesus has come to us and says, I can give you air. I can give you breath. I can help you overcome this addiction. And that's why these transition places that we're helping to fund from the um, uh, support groups where people are getting off drugs and finding the Lord are beginning to be are getting to work their way into uh, new friends and find new friends and, and get away from old sources of drugs and alcohol. Did you know that 80% of the people here in our prison are there because of a crime committed uh, due to addiction? 80%, at least 80%, and some say even more. That's what the uh, research says. And many times we are blind. The Pharisees were blind to their own sin. And we can be blind to our sin too. We can be blind to greed. We can be blind to our lying. We can be blind to our envy, blind to our gossip, blind to our hedonism. You know, this sexuality in the day in which we live is, is just hedonism. Is really what it is. We can be even blind to the hate that's in our own heart. And we're hurting. I live in Jefferson County. We're under curfew at 9 o'clock at night. And we're hurting. People are hurting. Pray for us as we pray for you. We're hurting from, a, from the racial divide and the racial struggle in our country. And people are hurting and people are suffering. And the gospel is the good news that brings a clear message of hope and reconciliation and Kentucky Baptists are in a season where we're going to present the gospel it's our goal to present the gospel sometime by Easter to every home in Kentucky and I want Ekron Baptist Church to be a part of that movement as we get organized as we in fact the annual associational meeting will be at our church October the 18th and that's when it's going to be launched and the plan will go out and I want Ekron Baptist Church to be a part of, present, of leaving the gospel as a brochure and a packet in every home in Meade County. Can you imagine us doing that? Because, folks, the gospel is the only answer. The gospel is the only answer to our struggle. I love that song by an author named William Dunkerley from England who wrote back in the 19th century this this poem and it's in a beautiful song in Christ there is no east or west in him no north or south but one great fellowship of love throughout the whole wide earth in him shall true hearts everywhere their communion find his service is the golden cord closing binding humankind Join hands then, members of the faith, whatever your race may be. Who serves my father as his child, 
is surely kin to me. What a beautiful song. The Apostle Paul said it this way, there's no free or slave. And when he talks about that, he's talking about all the segregations of his time, all the divisions, the racial divisions of his time. There is no such thing as a male, female, um, um, Greek or Jew, slave or free. And what he's saying is we are one in Christ Jesus. The answer to the tensions of our day is the good news of the gospel. And friend, the answer to the struggle you're in right now, whatever it may be, is the Lord Jesus Christ and your willingness to present and give your life to him. Grace and peace will be yours, Paul says, the Bible says. I want you to bow your head with me. Our Father and our God, as we bow our heads today, we do so, Lord, admitting that we are blinded so many times like the Pharisees of our own sin and that renewal and revival will come to our land only when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our sinful ways. That's when we find peace in our heart, peace in our land, peace with our neighbor, because we finally have found peace with ourselves and you. I pray for anyone here this morning, whether a student, an adult, that would give their life to Jesus, they would come during this time of singing. May they come now while we stand together and sing. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Akron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Akron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Akron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.